Oh, thank you. Please sit down. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, so, has anyone ever had tapas before? <laughs> yeah, tapas. Tapas. Um, I've got like a very Spanish background and it's one of my favorite foods, tapas. And um, the reason why I'm bringing that up is it's probably going to be a little bit like tapas this morning. <laughs> A little bit here and a little bit there. Um, but no, but I definitely have an awesome word. And, and I just believe that God wants to um, change some people's perspectives, shift some perspectives, and, uh, and, and, and just really like empower other people that have this perspective already. It's going to be really cool. Cool. Awesome. So I just thank you, Holy Spirit, for your, for your, uh, your influence on, on each and every single one of us. And, uh, and that it is you, that you are the source that, that influences and inspires us. I thank you for Holy Spirit inspiration, Lord God, taking place in this place this morning. I thank you for empowerment and, and for your grace coming upon every single person this morning. That they be receivers, like hearers, doers, and, 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 and receivers of the word, God, that you've placed in my heart. Amen. Cool. Um, I want to start in Ephesians chapter 3. Um, and, and God put this scripture on my heart, and it didn't seem to kind of like fit with what the message was that he put in my heart, but later on it does, so <laughs> bear with me. Um, but it's an awesome scripture. So Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 to 20, and I'm reading it out of the... Uh, the, um, the Passion Translation. And this is just, man, this scripture is just like taking a shower. Who's ever like done a really hard days of work in the really hot sun and all you want to do is get under the cool shower and wash all that dirt off and all that sweat and just cool down? That's what this scripture is. It's like a shower. It's like a, a refreshing water. And, uh, and so let's, let's go and have a look at this. Ephesians 3, 16 to 20. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches. Everyone say unlimited. Riches of his glory and favor. Until supernatural strength floods your innermost being. Say supernatural strength is flooding my innermost being. With his divine might and explosive power. That's a whole lot of good words already. Then, by constantly using your faith. Say, I will constantly use my faith. The life of Christ will be released deep inside you. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you absolutely can say that if you want to. <laughs> Sorry, that just felt really good saying it. So I'm just hovering in that for a moment. That the life of Christ would be released deep inside you. Who's got the life of Christ released deep inside of them? Hallelujah. And the resting place of his love. I don't know why I'm about to cry. I've been reading it all week and it hasn't done this to me. <laughs> he must be getting on it. <laughs> And the resting place of his love 
will become the very source and root of your life. Hallelujah. Say, I'm resting in his love. And he has become the source and the root of my life. (laughs) Doesn't that feel good to say? (laughs) Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. Say, I'm a holy one. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate. And far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Say, I'm filled to overflowing with his fullness. (laughs) The next verse just keeps getting better. I didn't think that it could get better from verse 16. But by the time you get to verse 20, wow. (laughs) Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you. Say, I will not doubt his mighty power to work in me and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more. Than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. Has anyone got some unbelievable dreams? Has anyone got some really big requests that they're making of him? Come on. Or any wild imaginations or other translations say expectations? He's going to exceed them according to this. If you believe it, and I do, come on. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Woo! How good is that? (laughs) Awesome. Have a great week, guys. (laughs) Really, though, like really. (laughs) Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Who needed that? Yeah, I needed that. You know, like we need that every day, by the way. It is like a shower. You take one every single day. (laughs) Most people. Sometimes I miss them. (laughs) I'll be honest with you right there. But uh, (laughs) come on. You know, Ephesians 3, 16 to 20, it's, it's a call to waiting and resting in him, meditating and reflecting on his goodness and love and being filled with his fullness. It's actually a call to that. You know, that's really important to him that we do, that we just position ourselves to become conduits and, and recipients of his love and of his mercy and of his grace. It, like the, I think it's like, I don't know, you know the food triangle kind of thing? And like you're supposed to eat the most of what's on the bottom and then the least of what's on the top. I feel like Ephesians 3.16 is that like base kind of like diet that we should be having. Just being filled with the fullness of Christ, resting in that place. Just being so sure and so aware 
of how much he loves you and how much he is for you. Say, God is for me. He's for me. Come on. Hey, God is for you. I just want, there's like people here that need to know God is for you. I feel like maybe you're experiencing some kind of like overwhelming circumstances and situations and you don't know where the answer is coming from. And I just see that as you begin to declare and believe that God is for you, things are just going to fall into place so that you become completely convinced that he is for you. And what does the Romans say? That if he is for you, who could stand against you? Who can successfully be your foe? That's just for someone here, maybe multiple people, that there's big circumstances, situations, and God wants you to know I'm for you. Come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Ephesians 3, 16 to 20. It's like it's the habit of an empowered person. It's the habit of an empowered person. That's what a powerful person looks like, that kind of know this scripture, not by reference, but by experience. Come on. Hallelujah. And so I was reading through that and just like meditating on it. And, and for some reason, I started getting like another scripture come to my mind and it seemed completely disjointed at the time. So we're just going to go there. It's also in Ephesians. And uh, I don't know, Pastor Kim, was, am I right? But was it Fergus that said to get into Ephesians? I think he was, we're living in it. Yeah. And we're, we're living in Ephesians. Come on. That's it. And I wasn't thinking about that while I was getting these scriptures. It's just what's happening. It's what, what's on the church right now. It's what's on the church. So get into it. Get stuck into it. Jump into that river. So the next one that I got was Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12. Um, and that's the scripture that talks about, the, like the, the scripture before it, verse uh, 11, talks about the fivefold ministry, you know, the apostles, the prophets, and he's given some to be apostles, the prophets, etc., etc. Then the very next scripture, verse 12, says this, And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers. Say, I'm a holy believer. To do their own works of ministry. You know what that means? Every single person in here is in the full-time ministry. Every one of you are in the full-time ministry. You're all here on earth as full-time ministers. And this is the thing that I think God wants to change in our perspective this morning. He wants to kind of shift the way that we approach life. Just a little, a little thing. <laughs> So, and their calling is to nurture. And by the way, nurture doesn't mean like pamper, like a baby. Nurture means to develop. I don't know if anyone's been developed before, but that's not always very comfortable when you have a developer. You know, like that, that by like top strengths thing, and then you get people that hold, have all these like strengths, and they, and like they are, uh, who knows what I'm talking about? I'm just rambling. Yeah. One of mine is developer. And, and LJ doesn't like that sometimes because I often, I don't know, I can't help myself, but I try to develop my wife. And it, it's, she says it's helpful, but I reckon it would just be irritating. <laughs> like, I try to, like, to, to, to be like, hey, that was good, but we could do this better. Or, like, you need to, you need to start, like, 
doing this instead of doing that or you know just really annoying stuff it is <laughs> sometimes I hear myself and I'm just like shut up just stop <laughs> but it's not nice sometimes being developed as great it is but, but what is it doing it's achieving a purpose you know so it's not like you're not here to be nurtured by Pastor Kim and by the fivefold ministry in the sense that maybe you think nurtured means where we kind of like lick your wounds for you. <laughs> but we actually tell you, hey, look, there's the medical cabinet. Go walk over there, open it up, grab a Band-Aid, grab some wipes. That's what a developer does. <laughs> That's actually nurturing. So their calling is to nurture and prepare. Another word for prepare is to coach and to train. Who's ever been on a sports team before? Who knows that sometimes it's not very comfortable being coached because it requires, like, effort. <laughs> it requires someone saying, do it again, do it again, go harder, go faster, and, and pushing you. And that's the purpose of the fivefold ministry. And what are, we, what are we trying to achieve? Why does Pastor Kim get up here and share the things that she does and say, do this, say this, think this way? Because you are a full-time minister and you are all called to do your own works of ministry. Do you know, like, do you actually, I don't know if you believe this, but you have your own works of ministry to achieve and to, and, and to, and to do on this earth. It's, and it's exciting. And then this is the next part, which is really cool, of that same scripture. And, and I don't really, like, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't really know who the theys are in this, but I'm just going to give you my opinion, all right? And it says, and as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. So you could either say that the they is the fivefold ministry, or the perspective that I take is that they are the ministers in the church that are being built to do their own works of ministry. And as they go out and do their own works of ministry, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ because we are a body and we are together and we do it together. So I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that I know that is the 100% truth, but when I read it, that's just what jumps it. Like, I see it like that. And I'm not going to say that that's what the Bible says and this is the perspective to take it because I feel like it actually is both. <laughs> it's both. But that means that you also have responsibility in that. It's not just responsibility. It's actually privilege. It's, it's like responsibility, yes, but no, it's privilege. You have privilege in that. Come on. So there was two, like, um, jumping back to Ephesians 3 that we read first, which is like, how different are they, by the way? <laughs> but Ephesians 3, it says, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. And then in Ephesians 4, to do their own works of ministry. And there was two words that were being highlighted to me, and that was faith and ministry. Faith and ministry. Um, and last time, like a, little, a little while ago when I preached, I talked about faith, and, and, and I mentioned how like faith comes from the Greek word pistis. And, <laughs> and it means... It means divinely persuaded. 
divinely, faith means divinely persuaded, or the Lord's in birth persuasion. Isn't that awesome? So faith is like, faith is something that happened to you. Does that make sense? Like faith is something that happened to you because of someone that you met. Um, but it doesn't mean that you don't do something with it, but it means that you've all got it, you know? So it's, you've been divinely persuaded. And you know, it's really easy to become divinely persuaded when you read his divine words. <laughs> you know, you can convince yourself completely about anything that you meditate on. You can become persuaded about anything that you meditate on enough but how much better would it be to become divinely persuaded? There might be things that you read in the Word and you say, that's too big for me, but just keep meditating on it. Just keep reading it. Just keep declaring it. And guess what's going to happen? Because it's His Word and His Spirit is on it and His Word is alive, you will become divinely persuaded. And when you are divinely persuaded, nothing's impossible all of a sudden because it's the divine one that you're persuaded of. It's His ability and His power to do it and achieve it. Isn't that awesome? It's not confidence in yourself, but in Him. That's how divine persuasion works. Hallelujah. And so I did a little word study on ministry as well. Um, and, I, and I do like emphasize the word little. I did a little word study on it because I'm not a teacher, but I, do, I am interested in all that kind of stuff. And ministry, um, the word ministry is, is the Greek word diakonia. <laughs> Diakonia, maybe, who knows? Um, D-I-A-K-O-N-I-A. Diakonia? Anyway, it means waiting at a table. Oh, sorry, it, it means minister or ministry, but, but, the, but, but the, uh, um, what it alludes to is like waiting at a table or service. Ministry or minister means to wait at a table. Like the, the, uh, the implication it gives is to wait at a table or to serve. Ministry is to serve, to give of. Um, the English word for minister, which, which, was which came from the Latin, which means servant. So the word minister in the Latin is servant. It is a derivative from the root word minus, which means less. Minus, which means less. Um, how many of you remember what, what Jesus said to his, his apostles when they were like bragging about who's going to be the greatest? He actually taught them how to be effective ministers. He said, if you want to be the greatest of all, be less, become servant of all. And so faith and, 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 uh, and ministry, these two things, these two words have kind of like come together. And while I was doing this word study, I came across this statement. It says, uh, for believers, diakonia, which means ministry, specifically refers to spirit-empowered service guided by faith. Pistis. So what is ministry for us? Spirit-empowered service guided by faith. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. I want to see a show of hands. How many people here are in the full-time ministry? So like 40% of you are right and 60% of you are incorrect because every single hand should have been up after what I just said. <laughs> Let's try that again. How many of you here are in the full-time ministry? 
Come on. The rest of you we can pray for because it means you're probably not saved yet. <laughs> awesome. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you, say me, I. I am God's chosen treasure. This is what he says about you. Priests who are kings. You're a priest who is a king. Why do you think they call Jesus the king of kings? Because you're a king or a queen, but you're a king. There's no, we're not talking about gender. You're a king born to rule and to reign. Born to rule and to reign, to administer, to administer what heaven is, is declaring and decreeing. Priests who are kings. What's a priest? One who stands on behalf of, in the gap, intercessor, advocate. What does Jesus do in heaven right now? He stands on our behalf interceding. Come on, what are we to do here on earth while Jesus is doing that in heaven? Standing on the gap and interceding on behalf of. Come on. But you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. I'm God's devoted one. He called you out of darkness. Who's been called out of darkness? Woohoo! <laughs> Just celebrate that for a moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that you've called me out of darkness to experience your marvelous light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just going to pause there for a moment. It says that we enter the courts through thanksgiving. We enter the gates through thanksgiving and these courts through praise. And I can't think of anything better to praise him and to thank him for than my eternal salvation and his love and his mercy and his kindness. Nothing takes me into that place faster than remembering what he's done. Hallelujah. I wasn't even a bad person, but I just became aware of my need for his salvation. Hallelujah. And I'm so grateful for that. Father, I just thank you that we become so aware of our need for Jesus. That we can't stop praising and thanking him. That we become those that are like completely obsessed. Hallelujah. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light because he loves you. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broad... Why did he do this? This is why he did it. He did 
this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Thank you, Jesus. Now I've got like something to aim my thanks and my praise at. It's the rest of the world. (laughs) For at one time you were not God's people. Do you realize that at one point you were not his? But now you are. (laughs) And at one time you knew nothing of God's mercy. Because you hadn't received it yet. But now. You are drenched with it. (laughs) Woo! Thank you for your mercy. Say thank you for your mercy, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so this is our mission, 2 Corinthians 5.18. And God has made all things new. And reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling, joining others to God. So what your experience in in your salvation becomes your mission. And so I've just written this little paragraph down, what he was speaking into my heart. The the reason why I shared these scriptures and the reason why I'm up here this morning. And I'm just going to read it straight from the pages so I don't forget. But I believe God wants us to pause in his presence, to take a moment from our responsibilities and our busyness and allow him to daily minister to us. And I sense that the more we do this, the more we will be fulfilled when when we re-engage in our responsibilities and busyness. The more you take a moment just to do what we just were doing up here, the more you're going to be fulfilled when we re-engage in our responsibilities and business. And there's a reason for that. I believe he wants to reshape our perspectives, our approach and priorities in our everyday lives and turn the mundane routines into an aroma of worship and into a mission field. Some of us are here, some of us here, feel so dissatisfied with life because they don't know they are, a minister, uh, they are ministers of the gospel in the place they are at right now. Why do you feel dissatisfied? Because you don't know that you're a full-time minister in the place that you're at right now. And that it is their very lives that are, that are to preach this. It's their very lives. It's your very life that is to preach the sermons of salvation to the people around you. At work, in your hobbies, around your families, in your schools and universities, I believe God is calling everybody into full-time ministry. That you're not to consider yourself as a plumber or an accountant or a teacher or a stay-at-home parent first, but a minister who fixes and installs plumbing a minister who deals with business financials and taxes, a minister who teaches children education, a minister who is raising their children to be, to be ministers. Whatever it is that you do that you fill your day with, you don't see yourself as that, but as a minister who does this on the side. I believe God is asking that the motivation to do your occupation well is first to give Him glory and be a worship to Him and then to make a living and cover your costs. This is fulfillment. 
This is setting you up for adventure and a personal history with God and his hand on your life. That's the missing piece if you're feeling dissatisfied, just so you know. Hallelujah. So I just, we're just going to finish it right there. We just thank you right now, Holy Spirit. And there is just a, there's just like a rich anointing. There is a thick anointing right now just to receive a grace and an impartation. Some of you are changing the way that you saw things. That's called repentance. And so just go with it. We just thank you right now, Holy Spirit. That, that you shift our perspective in our day-to-day occurrence, in our day-to-day lives, Lord God, that we're not just doing the motions anymore, but we fully and truly see ourselves the way that you actually have always seen us, as priests and kings. Lord, that you teach us how to marry our occupation with our purpose and our calling. You teach us how to marry and how to put together, Lord God, what you have called us to, to do and who you have called us to be, with the expression that we do to make money in the meantime. Lord God, that you make it really simple, God. And I just thank you that you are actually emboldening people, Lord God, people that have never had the courage or the, or the, or the, or the boldness to, 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 to represent you the way that they really deeply want to right now. I thank you that there is a grace and there is a boldness coming upon them like never before, Lord God, that they're becoming so wrapped up in how much you love them that they forget about how scared they were of what the people thought. Thank you, Jesus. I just release that right now. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Cool.